You're listening to episode 40 of the STEM Space. Have you ever tried an escape room or breakout challenge with your STEM classroom? Listen in on all the details about how you can do one and more. Let's dive in. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Claire. How are you doing? I am good, I think. I'm in my classroom right now, so coming live to you in the STEM lab. Ooh. <laughs> How are things going? Getting ready for your first class? Yes, my first class is tomorrow. I will teach pre-K through seventh grade. So it's all day, lots of classes, but I'm so excited to get started. And I have big things planned and oh my desk is a mess because I'm cutting and laminating, you know, all the, all the fun stuff. <laughs> and what exactly are you working on for the first day back? Because I know that first activity. It's like how you set the stage for what's to come. Yes. So all the kids that had me last year, of course, they're super pumped and they're like, STEM, we get to go to STEM. And they're thinking they're going to like build a wheelchair or launch a rocket or launch a weather balloon. I'm like, well, we still need to go through procedures, guys. (laughs) So I don't want them to be really disappointed when they come to my class that we have so much to go over to set the stage and talk about classroom management and our award system. But I do want them to start gaining those critical stage one STEM skills. I've been coming up with ways to incorporate all the things, make it exciting, but they also learn how to act in my classroom and what the rules are. You got to make up for the whole summer slide, right? They haven't seen it in months. (laughs) Exactly. And my classroom looks different this year. It includes a computer lab. So I have all these computers everywhere, which adds another dynamic of don't touch <laughs> to my classroom. So yes, lots to, I am doing an escape room and I'm really excited about it. Have you ever done an escape room before in a classroom? You know, I, I'm just so excited for you because no, I have personally, when I've been to conferences, I've like tried out escape rooms of other teachers, like talking about it. And that's the one thing that I've been wanting to try. So I am really excited that you're doing this. Yes. And I actually don't know how other teachers do it. We did it at a conference once before. I remember it being more like worksheets, like you finish a worksheet and you get a new worksheet. It's like, this isn't an escape room. This is just me doing homework and you calling it something cool, right? (laughs) So I wanted this to have so many different dynamics to it that touches on the different things that we're going to do in STEM. So let me just explain. Let me walk you through the experience of the escape room. So what the kids are going to do is they're going to come in. I'm going to like show them the classroom, describe the rules of the different things in my room, the computers, saying our STEM lab oath and how to use the makerspace or how to not use the makerspace, those (laughs) kind of things. And then I'm going to hand each group of three to four students a bag. And in that bag is a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And all I'm going to say is you have to get to the end of this escape room to leave this classroom. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I'm going to give you is this bag put it together and you'll know what to do. Oh, wow. But then I messed up, Natasha. Oh. I did something really dumb. 
So I made puzzles because I was like, oh, I want these puzzles to be like STEM-like and show pictures of rockets and things like that. So I made them. They're really pretty. And then I overlaid a puzzle and then I printed them out. And on the back of the puzzles is a clue, the first clue. But, you know, now I have to cut out nine puzzles of 48 pieces each and then laminate them and then, yes, and laminate them and then cut them out again. That was really dumb. Natasha, what should I have done? Not that. I should should have bought puzzles. I should have just bought puzzles (laughs) and written on the back. So somebody who wants to try this. Other teachers is buy a cool rocket puzzle. Yes, just buy the puzzle right on the back. So anyway, it'll be worth it, right? So they'll put together these puzzles and be like, I don't understand. I'll be like, flip it over. And it will have this clue. And the clue in rhyme. Let me just read it to you, actually. Yes. It's a rhyme that tells them what to, where to find the next thing. So it says on the back, look above for your next clue. A design challenge you must do. Find the note with a green dot and take it down from that spot. But wait, you must follow the rules. Newspaper and tape are your only tools. Only stand on the floor, not the table or chair. You can't touch the note until it falls through the air. So what they have to do is now do an engineering design challenge. They will look up at the ceiling and see that there's envelopes taped to the ceiling. And they'll have to find the one with their colored dot that it gives in their clue. And they have to create some sort of contraption to get it off the ceiling using just newspaper and tape. Dang, that's so epic. Right? So then they finally get their envelope down, however they figure out how to do it. And inside the envelope is going to be a quiz. And this quiz has true or false questions about what you can do in the STEM lab. And then they will see which numbers, there are just 10 questions, but which numbers, one through 10, had the true, were answered true. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be a code that they need to remember. And then it has another clue to find the next thing, such as you will need these numbers to unlock your final quest. Seek behind the device where moving pictures can be found. What do you think they'd have to find? Moving pictures. Hopefully this isn't too hard. Video? Yeah, so there's a TV in my room. Okay. So, yeah. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> I, you got all it. All in my head was Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> the pictures move? Oh, yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> no, I don't have anything like that. But I do have a TV. And so hopefully they'll go and find the TV. And behind the TV will be this pencil bag that I found has lots of different zippers that all go to one corner so I could put a combination lock on it and they'll use the combination that they got from the quiz to open it and inside I have candy. So yes, they reinforced the rules by doing that quiz. They also got to do an engineering design challenge, worked on teamwork with the puzzle and the design challenge. So I'm hoping that they gained a whole lot from this experience and had a lot of fun. That is so cool. And it just like sets the stage for like, this is going to be the best STEM lab year ever. I hope so. I hope they really like it. You need to play some like really dramatic music, like that Mission Impossible music or something while they're working on the challenge or like countdown timer. I definitely need to amp up their anxiety for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I love using these escape rooms. And what's cool about them is I've also used them as like a recap at the end of the semester. So not just like teach rules, but I've also done it to where the combination is some sort of something that they had to learn, like 
like there'll be a set of clues. Be like, okay, the first number in your combination is the number of simple machines. The second number is the number of continents. The third number is something else that we learned throughout the year. So it's really great for reviews too. So I, I'm really looking forward to using this one to start the school year and I'll definitely be coming up with some more. And I've seen other teachers use Google Forms with these breakout escape rooms. And so mm-hmm. you can actually make it a graded quiz and they have to put in the exact right combination to get to the next question, right? So if you want to do yes. a digital breakout room, that's one way to do it. Absolutely. Yes. I would love it if there was a way to do a design challenge as part of if you're doing distance learning to do a digital breakout. I'm sure there's ways to do that too. But yeah, I would um, say with like the Google Forms, right? You kind of have to go through each of the the questions and maybe mm-hmm. it somehow guides you to some website that gives you something fun to do or explore something. I bet there's a way. Oh, yeah. Really cool. I would love to hear other teachers' ideas on how they use escape rooms or breakouts. It's just a really great experience for kids, I think, of any age. So I've done this. Tomorrow is going to be with fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh grades. But I've also done escape rooms with little kids, like kinder through second grades. And what I did when I did that is I wanted to have a design challenge with it too, but I knew that they weren't used to it yet. We were kind of new to design challenges because I don't do a whole lot of stage two with the really little kids. Mm -hmm. So I had the older kids come in and be like mentors with the little kids. And I assigned some older students to each group and they would kind of help guide the kids. And it also reinforced the concepts for the the mentor kids that were in there too. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. Yeah. I think incorporating this kind of peer mentoring is just so much fun and really is beneficial to both sides, right? To both grade levels. You know, the older students are having to communicate their knowledge and helps reinforce what they understand. And then the younger students kind of learn from someone that's not the teacher, right? They probably worship the older kids. (laughs) Yes. Right? Yes, definitely. And that's another thing that I really want to focus on this year or emphasize more is having my older kids get more comfortable with sharing their knowledge. So we always talk about in the engineering design process, the last step is to share your solution, which usually I'll just have each group come up and present their idea to their class. But now I want to do it more as a whole school, like every quarter you're going to stand up in front of the whole school and you're going to talk about the things that you've been doing in STEM. Or every time you do a project, we're going to video you and we're going to post it somewhere like on Facebook, our school's Facebook. I want you to get comfortable with speaking to large groups of people, to adults, to other kids, because that's a such a valuable skill. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you are. Right. And I like the fact that you're giving them the chance for multiple audiences because they might be comfortable in a small group setting with their peers. But, you know, as soon as you put them in front of the class or when you change the audience and you make it adult, sometimes kids really freak out, you know, and think they whatever they say is never good enough or, you know, they'll never be able to talk to an adult. So I think that's really good that you're giving them those opportunities. And I remember with my Space Club students, they would get the chance at the end when we had like that big final competition. And I would always regret not giving them more opportunities building up to it because I was just kind of throwing them in, right? <laughs> Let guys go now present to these engineers and scientists. You'll be fine. And no matter how many times I told them like, they're just regular people. They're going to be so nice. They would freak out, right? And be yes. so nervous. And you would have to really talk to the the mentors and tell them, like, ask them a lot of questions, you know, help them kind of get out their nerves and make it easier to talk to them. So that's so important that you're giving them multiple opportunities to talk to these kind of intimidating adults. And also in terms of like STEM mentors, it makes the idea of being a STEM professional 
less intimidating. That's a great point. And we've talked in a talked in a previous podcast episode, which we'll link in the show notes about how important it is to expose your kids to STEM professionals. So it's kind of the reverse of what you were saying when you have your big project at the end and you have mentors coming around or judges coming around and talking to your students. Well, when you bring somebody into your classroom, that's like less pressure because the STEM professional that's presenting to your kids, not vice versa, but it gives like eases them into talking to an adult. So we always emphasize how important it is to bring adults into your classroom, but also bring your kids to adults and have them present. (laughs) And actually, there's no reason why when you bring in a STEM professional, the kids can't also be the ones presenting. Mm. And so I remember we had brought in these architects and they did a presentation in the beginning. And then the students presented their colony projects to the architects. And so it was kind of a back and forth where they were sharing information. They got to know the architects and then it was on them to say, well, here's what I'm working on. What do you think? It's just a cool way to build those relationships and just make it less intimidating and those mentors more accessible. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. And what a great idea. I may not, might actually do something like that. I'm, I want to do a project with my seventh graders this year on building a bridge. We have a STEM challenge like building a bridge in our TPT store, but I also want them to get more of an insight into architecture in general. And that'd be great to bring in an architect and have them talk about different design ideas because that's definitely not a strength of mine. Yes. We just had one for Space Club that she was one of our Space Club career chat guests. And she actually showed, so her company, Stantec, specializes in schools. So they design like elementary schools. And she showed the software that she used and the, her recent project was designing a school gym. And so she was able to zoom in to like all the different parts and she's like we decided to put the lockers here because it was accessible you know next to the restroom and this is where we put the stands and kind of bringing it to a level where the kids are like oh yeah that's just like my school I never thought about why it was designed this way so it was just cool that she was able to make that connection in a way that the kids could relate so I think that's always something to think about with STEM professionals what a great idea that's brilliant and funny aside is my mother-in-law just brought over some of my husband's old stuff and he's an engineer as well. But when he was in middle school, he apparently had to do some sort of architecture class and they had a project where they had to design a blueprint for a house. And so she still had it and she brought it over and I was telling my husband, I was like, so your house has no garage and no closets. (laughs) So what kind of class was this? That didn't teach you how to the basic things. So it would be great for me to talk to an architect before I start talking to these kids and then continue the conversation with everybody. Right. Well, I am so excited to hear how tomorrow goes. And I hope your students have a lot of fun. And one, I did not know you were a poet. I wanted to say (laughs) I loved that poem. (laughs) I'm impressed. And best of luck with kind of the first day with your students. And I know you're a little stressed about your transition time. How much time do you have between classes? Three whole minutes. That's not even possible. Like, (laughs) what are you supposed to accomplish in three minutes? Okay, but here's what I did. It was kind of a Karen move here, but I got a clock a digital clock and put it outside my classroom. And then I put my schedule underneath it and said, please be patient while you await for your time. I will not open the door because, you know, three minutes just means that the other next class is already going to be standing at the door while I'm trying to get the other kids out. Like, no, you can't come in until these people leave because they don't 
you know, they're like, oh, we're only a few minutes early. Like, I need that few minutes. Right. So, (laughs) oh, I think that I'm glad you did that. And it's showing them to be respectful of other people's time. And it's like, this is your block. And I might be frantically trying to clean up and remake the escape room. (laughs) Yes. Oh, something real quick that I know it's kind of off topic, but something I did along those lines to be helpful was I created some jobs for the STEM, the STEM lab. So now all of my students will have jobs for each of their roles, like monitoring the makerspace, making sure we have the correct supplies, making sure that if anybody needs help with the computers. So it kind of lessens my stress and cleaning up and getting everything ready for the next class. I have students doing it for me. So So is your plan to like stop class early and then everybody does their job? Yes. So I have a person who's going to be watching the time. And the timekeeper is going to be telling everybody, okay, we have five minutes. Now it's time to start cleaning up. And then the cleanup crew, they're going to start doing their job. So hopefully we'll get into where they can be (laughs) self-maintaining. I love it. Yes. And that shows them to be respectful of their own classroom. Yes, for sure. Well, good luck with back to school and report back on how that escape room works out for you. Awesome. Will do. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Do 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 do